Hello, and welcome to the First Brick Property Podcast, episode 17. My name is Cam, I'm the director of First Brick Property Buyers Agency. The purpose of this podcast is to bring a casual show to discuss all things property, with education being the key. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned investor, this show will be able to further your knowledge and really remove any barriers to getting involved in the exciting and fun world of property. At the end of this podcast, we have a bit of news for you as well, so stay tuned. I'm going to introduce my co-host today. I've heard he knows every single tax law, tax rule in Australian tax system. As you can imagine, I'm talking about my regular co-host, the better looking bearded man, Henny Rosley. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good. How are you? Not too bad. I would absolutely love for that fact to be true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Every time I ask you, you just know it off the top of your head. I think you just ask the easy questions. Maybe. Maybe. But that's all right. How's the how's the week been? Yeah, good. Just got cold, just got wet. Yeah, very cold. I've had a beanie on all day. Yeah. I just took it off now because this heater behind me is burning my head. But before that, it was <laughs> pretty cold. Um. We'll get stuck into today's discussion. Yes. It's a pretty important one. It's a good one today. Yeah. This was, um, the topic came from yours truly, not yep. me, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we actually have quite a bit of notes on it. It's a good topic and I think it's a very important, important topic. Something mm-hmm. that a lot of people will be wondering more about now than yep. they might usually be um, due to the current climate that we're in with this pandemic um, and whatnot. Yeah. Do you want to introduce the topic? I'd love to. So today's topic is landlord's insurance. And uh, we'll go through today what landlord insurance is, who should have it, how does it work, what it is, uh, sorry, what is and isn't covered by it, the claims process, and very importantly, landlord's insurance and COVID. Cool. So I guess first, uh, first, first thing first, what is landlord insurance? You know, we might have some listeners that don't have property yet um, or don't have investment property, so they might not know what landlord insurance is. So essentially, landlord insurance, it's a policy that covers you against events such as loss of rent due to tenants' rent default or the theft or burglary of any belongings you have leased to your tenants, natural disasters such as storms. Um, and additionally, you can get uh, insured for accidental or malicious damage to the structure of your property. So it's important to remember that each landlord policy is different um, before we get into the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, we'll just pretty much do an overview. Some policies will cover you for all of the events we just talked about. Um, some will only cover a selection of scenarios. Um, it's an insurance that landlords should always be taking out to protect themselves from the many things that can occur. If you're a landlord, your property may be your main source of income, uh, which means you, you need to take precautions to avoid any potential financial loss. That may seem obvious. Yeah. <laughs> um, according to some data on compared to market, only around 55% of self-managing landlords have landlord insurance. And what's more is about 45% of landlord insurance claims in Australia are for loss of rent. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. It um, doesn't make sense. Yeah, because we insure ourselves for everything. Yeah. You know, car, private health, um, our own homes that we live in. Yeah. You know, it only makes sense to insure your investment. Yeah. And sure. your investment income. Yeah. It's a crazy um, stat. Yeah. And 
just to add on to that, it is important to look at your policy um, because a lot of people think landlords insurance is just a blanket policy. Um, but definitely have a look at it and make sure that um, you're covered for what you think you're covered for. Um, just so that, you know, and always do it before you think you need it. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is end up in a situation where you expect to claim landlord's insurance and then they say no for whatever reason. So definitely have a look at your policy and make sure you understand what you're paying for and what you're entitled to. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's probably one of those things like we discussed in other episodes, like building and pest inspections, yeah. just routine. You just got to do it. Don't think twice about it um, because if you need it, it's well worth uh, what you pay for. Yeah, for sure. So how does landlord insurance work? Um, so like we said, it's it's an insurance for your investment property, for your rental income. Um, it does include, you can take out, take out uh, building insurance as well. Yeah. Um, so building insurance is different to landlord's insurance, but it's something that you should have as well. Um, and it is very important to note that landlord's insurance does not include the building unless you take out a separate cover um, for the for the building. Um, and this can include the structure and the fixtures. Um, however, it also can include specific benefits um, for things like rental defaults, damage by tenants, liability for tenants and guests and things like that. Um, when taking out a landlord's insurance policy, you can choose to insure the property and the contents inside um, or both. And keep in mind that the cost of your landlord's insurance premium will be affected uh, by things like the value of the property and the replacement costs, uh, the sum insured amount and how much will be paid out, the cost of furnishings and appliances if you're covering the contents, um, the area's crime rate, natural hazard risk. For example, in Brisbane, there's a lot of flood zones um, and this will affect the cost of the insurance, whether the property is occupied or untenanted, and the types of events that you want to be covered for. So similar to any other type of insurance you take, there are also variables. Um, there are, you know, you know, different things that can that can take uh, that you need to take into account, like the location um, and whether there's things like whether it falls into a flood zone and, and things like that. Yeah. So. For example, like you mentioned, Brisbane flood zones, um, some insurers won't even cover it yeah. if you're in the flood zone and other ones that will cover it will charge a very hefty premium. So um, it's very important. You do your research, I said, I guess, before you even purchase that yeah. um, and have your insurance, uh, I guess, uh, an idea of what your insurance will or yeah. will not cover based off what you buy. Yeah. I've even seen areas where um, insurers just decide no longer to insure. The area. So I've seen houses that have, you know, people that have had insurance on, on, and this isn't even for investment properties, this is for their own homes. And then they've received a letter saying, look, you're in a flood zone and we're no longer insuring this area. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of finding another insurer who yeah. will find it. So the location is very important and you do need to take these kind of things into account. Very nice of the insurance company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we'll move on to what's, what's covered. Um, so again, it's important to note not all insurance policies provide cover against the same events, uh, but we'll go through some of the more common items. Um, 
what events does the landlord's insurance policy cover against? Well, whilst this might not come as a surprise to many investment property owners out there, landlord insurance won't cover your property and the contents inside, like you mentioned earlier, um, against or against every possible event or scenario. But we've created a nice long list. So the standard landlord insurance policies typically cover against and and offer protection against storm and rainwater damage, damage from explosions, fire damage. Um, that excludes damage from cigarette smoking, scorching or melting, water damage, malicious damage and vandalism, theft and attempted theft, impact damage. So like if a car crashes into the home or a burglar damages it, something like that. Lightning damage, earthquake damage, civil unrest and rioting, quite common. It's weird. Um, yeah. Debris removal, um, escape of liquid. So um, if like a, you have a burst pipe, for example, yeah. but that excludes the cost of repairing or replacing the item that leaked. So it's a funny one, that one. So they'll cover the damage caused by the leak, but, but not, not the repair cost. Correct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, lease breaks and loss of rent legal action against bad tenants and legal liability. So you may also be able to choose the excess you pay and add additional extras, um, obviously where you pay an extra cost. Some of those extra things that you could pay for, they include motor burnout. So that's like some of your appliances when they stop working, accidental damage, flood damage. Um, again, these are extras, some insured safeguard. Um, so this increases your sum insured by a certain amount if it's insufficient temporary accommodation costs, rent default when a tenant misses their rental payments or can't pay their rent. And we'll talk a lot about that one a bit later. Yeah. Um, fifth, the malicious damage caused by the tenant and again, civil unrest and rioting. So standard policies generally won't cover um, damage from movement of the sea. So if you get massive tides or tsunamis or whatnot, it's different to a storm. Yeah. Um, falling trees, vermin, other animals besides rodents and insects, and war and uprising. So <laughs> if there is a war, um, that's landlord. not civil unrest, I guess. Your landlord insurance is not going to cover it. Okay. Yeah. Well, on that note, we have a fun fact right after this war and uprising comment. <laughs> so Lighten the, the mood a bit. You might be interested to know the four most common claims. Uh, the first one is loss of rental income. The second one is malicious and accidental damage. The third is water damage. And finally, the death of a tenant. So how do you make a claim? First things first, instantly, you need to call your insurer via phone. Um, and some will have an online pa- platform. And I, f- I find it better to call because it's easier to communicate the issues. Um, you need to take all reasonable precautions to prevent further loss, damage or liability. Contact the police as soon as possible to report any theft or attempted theft or damage caused by intentional acts, riots or vehicle impacts. You will then be required to show some supporting documents to the insurer to prove the issue, um, similar to claiming car insurance. Yeah. So, uh, like, just like claiming car insurance, you know, usually you got to take some photos, you get the details of the other guy, if someone's hit you or whatever. Um, you got to do a similar process when you're claiming for landlord insurance. So we've got a couple of examples just to make it a bit clearer. Um, so if you're claiming for loss of rent, there's about eight documents required at the minimum. 
Yeah. Um, so the first thing you do is you complete your claim form through your insurer. They will have a separate claim form, but they'll be pretty similar. Secondly, you need to have a copy of your lease agreement for the defaulting tenant. Tenant. Yeah. Um, thirdly, a copy of the tenant's rental history lodge. So that shows the full rental history when they've made payments, when they haven't. The fourth thing you need to show is a copy of all notices issued. So that's copy of breach notices, termination notices, court applications, other issues, orders issued against the tenant, anything like that um, that's been issued to them needs to be shown to your insurance company. The fifth thing you need to usually show is a breakdown of bond deductions. So copy of all invoices for allowable reletting expenses used by bond because obviously if the insurance can get you to use your bond and not pay out, yeah. that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, number six, evidence of dated advertising done to relet the property. So that must include dates and insured property address. So pretty straightforward, that one. Number seven, copy of lease agreement for a new tenant if there's a relet. And number eight, copy of management agreement and invoices. So pretty straightforward stuff that you can imagine you would need to show an insurance company just like, car insurance it can be quite a, a bit going on there is still a bit to do there is a process yeah. it's not a matter of just saying oh look i haven't been paid yeah can i claim can i make a claim and then you get paid up yeah there is a fair bit to do um if you're using a property agent they will be pretty heavily involved yeah. um in this in this process um so yeah just keep in mind that there are a few things that you need to have done and there is a process that you need to go through yeah for sure the uh, property manager is a good point. Um, yep. Definitely very handy to have a property manager, especially if you're going for insurance. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they do it yep. often. Yeah. Um, not all the time, but often. So they know the process will be better and can guide you to what you need and yeah and whatnot. Um, so if you were going to make a claim for water damage, for example, uh, there are five documents that are required. So you you need to complete your claim form. The last two routine inspections, uh, photos, again, labeled clear color photos of the damage caused, itemized quotes, invoices for the restoration or repair of the property damage, and tradesman, tradesman report with details of what caused the leak and uh, what needs to be repaired. Um, and now we've said this is for water damage, but this same thing will apply if there was damage caused by the tenant. Yeah. Um, and the really important thing is here is the last two routine inspections. So the insurance company wants to know that the property has been maintained up until this point, that you know you and or the property manager haven't just let the property go without inspecting it. They want to make sure that you have tried to, to make sure that the tenants look after the property. And not only that, they use that to assess the claim that's being put put forward yeah um how much how much work needs to be done how much it's going to cost and how much of that damage was actually caused by the tenant was any of it pre-existing and so forth yeah so essentially just making sure that they're paying for what's truly happened and not yeah. just giving you you know some extra money to yeah, do some work right. around the house yeah <laughs> that's a uh, insurance fraud yeah <laughs> so and they're protecting you for that yeah the other thing is um, the quote by the tradesman report or the quote for the work that needs to be done. It needs to be very specific, very detailed, and it needs to be itemized. Um, so it needs to put in enough detail for the insurance to be able to say, oh, look, yeah, there's been damage to this wall in this room. 
um, it's very specific. And you, what you'll find is if it's not specific, the insurance company will come back and ask you to itemize it in more detail. Yeah. So it can become a lengthy process if yeah. you haven't done what they want immediately, essentially. Yeah. Um, and the longer it goes, the, yeah. the worse off it is, I guess. Well, the harder it is yeah. altogether as that's well. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that's a couple of examples of how the claim process works. Um, we'll move on to our last section, which is um, probably the most important section for what's happening at the moment. Yep. So we've called it COVID-19 and landlord insurance. Yep. Um, and a lot of people might be wondering right now if they're investors or maybe if they're tenants, uh, <laughs> or whatever it is, you might be thinking uh, you've got a tenant and you've got some questions. We found, we've done some research. We found the most common um, COVID-19 and landlord questions on yep. the internet and we've compiled them um, and got some answers for you. So Haney is going to be, the landlord in this scenario, <laughs> and I'm going to be the very generous insurance company, and we'll go through some um, quick, you know, frequently asked questions. Yep. All right, let's do this. Cool. Does the landlord insurance policy provide cover if my tenant loses their job due to COVID-19 pandemic <clears throat> and breaks their lease before its due date and vacates the property with rent owing? Good question, Henny. Um, the insurance provides cover for loss of rent, damage caused by tenants, and legal liability subject to the terms and limits in your policy. If your tenant loses their job, gets behind in their rent, and vacates the property, leaving the rent unpaid, there is cover. So the key word there is if they vacated the property. Yeah. If they haven't vacated the property, it's a different story. Yeah. Once the, if they have vacated the property, then and there is rent unpaid, then we will cover your your losses. Okay. Nice and generous of us. Very generous. <laughs> okay. I heard on the news that the government is going to stop landlords from evicting tenants who can't pay their rent. Will I still be able to claim for a loss of rent? Good question again. Uh, so each state and territory government is individually responsible for passing any measures like rental eviction moratorium available in their own jurisdiction. In circumstances where you are unable to evict your tenant whilst an eviction moratorium is in effect, the unpaid rent would continue to accrue until the tenant leaves the property, which may be after the end of the moratorium. Upon the eventual leaving of the tenant, there is cover for unpaid rent. A renegotiated reduction, however, in rent is not considered a default by a tenant, so the gap between the original rent and your renegotiated rent will not be covered. So not as generous to put it simply, <laughs> um, if they don't pay rent, but they're still living in the house, same situation as above, it's still not covered. Correct. However, the unpaid rent will accrue yep. until they move out. Yes. Then there's coverage there. Correct. But if I decide to be a generous landlord yep. and reduce the rent, there's no coverage for that. Correct. Okay. The landlord, the, the insurance company doesn't see the reduction as a default. Yeah. They see that as you just lowering Reducing your rent. rent. Yeah. Yep. Your fault, not ours. <laughs> Clearly. Okay. So my tenant is in isolation and may have COVID-19. Will I be covered if they have remained in my property and can't work uh, to pay the rent? Yeah. So insurance does not provide cover if your tenant is ill and cannot pay their rent for a period because they cannot work regardless of the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. So no. So same old circumstances. Pretty much, nothing yep. new here. Yep. 
Okay, if my tenant tests positive for COVID-19, am I covered for cleaning costs that may be required? So policies don't provide the cover for cleaning under these circumstances. Um, subject to the terms of their lease, it is typically the tenant's responsibility to maintain the cleanliness of a property and leave the premises as neatly um, and as and as nearly as possible in the same condition, fair wear and tear accepted, so, um, as they, when they started living in it. So... No, Again, we normal won't. circumstances. Yeah, normal yep. circumstances. All right. Well, finally, my sole tenant has died from COVID-19 in the property. Will I be covered for any required biohazard cleaning? So in the, the very unfortunate event that your tenant dies from COVID-19 in your property, yep. the policy will cover you for the necessary cleaning should the event occur. Okay. The policy also provides cover for loss of rent in the event of a death of your tenant when they have a sole person listed on the lease for up to 15 weeks loss of rent. So we help out a little bit in that situation. Yeah, but how high did the stakes have to be? <laughs> yeah, they, you, yeah, essentially your tenant needs to um, yeah. you know, cross over um, for your landlord insurance to do something about it. So yeah. um, I guess in the quick summary of... COVID and landlord insurance, it's pretty much normal circumstances. Nothing's really changed. Yeah. Um, if you drop your rent, they won't cover it. If they leave and there's rent unpaid, they will cover it as yep. per normal. So nothing has changed from the landlord insurance point of view yep. regarding coronavirus. Okay. Cool. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, just one more thing. Uh, keep in mind any expenses you do incur that are not covered by landlord's insurance are tax deductible because they're incurred for the purposes of gaining or producing accessible income for your investment property. Um, so obviously in the first instance, your best bet is to get landlord's insurance to pay for it. However, if they don't, it's tax deductible. Uh, so just keep that in mind. We told you, you knew every tax rule under <laughs> in the tax book. Um, that's I didn't I didn't know. good good point yeah um anything else any no. other tax rules for today no that'll no, do till next week yeah so that wraps it up and um, thanks for everyone uh, thanks to everyone for listening uh, hopefully this episode answers some of the more frequent questions regarding landlord insurance and COVID um, we might do a little table and put it on our socials yeah to make it easy for everyone to see it um. I mentioned something at the start of the episode uh, to listen to the end. I'm going to keep teasing. Um, <laughs> essentially, we're working on uh, some sort of reports and articles that we're going to compile and package up and give away for free. Um, and and I, you know, they're big, big articles, big reports, um, and will really help in people's property journeys. Nice. Um, not going to say much more about it. Yeah. But one of the ones that we're working on today, we literally spent about eight to 10 hours, you know, working on it. So jam-packed full of information Serious and it will be available for free. So, um, yeah, just keep listening on and we'll announce yeah. when you can get that and how you can get it. Um, you can find all of our content on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok. Just search First Brick Property. If you have any topics you'd like to discuss, send us a message at hello at firstbrick.com.au or shoot us a message on our social platforms. If you enjoyed the episode today, we would love a review. This helps us get higher up in the charts. It allows more people to find us, listen and listen and learn. So send us your five-star reviews, please. <laughs> and as always, pass the pod. Pass the pod. Just let one person know 
um, about our podcast that you think might enjoy it and pass the pod. Buying property is our passion. Helping you do it is our mission. Thank you.